Okay, this is the Burning Pre-Sales Podcast, and today's episode and question will be answered by Todd Jansen, who's the Global Vice President of Q Branch at Salesforce. And I wonder if you can uh, tell us a little bit about Q Branch and what you do. Yeah, so the best way to think about Q Branch is we're an agency within the sales organization. We're very much kind of behind the scenes. So everyone's kind of familiar with, with James Bond and Q Branch, right? It's like where he or she goes to get the latest intelligence for the mission. But um, Q is actually short for quartermaster. Quartermaster is a real thing in real life. Um, and in the army, the quartermaster arms the troops. It is just a perfect metaphor for what we do for sales. We that. arm sales with killer assets, killer demos, videos, RFPs, kind of everything they need to, to look amazing. Um, but in the, the Navy, the quartermaster navigates the ship. And there's a division of Q branch that helps um, account teams with the biggest deals that come across and really help shape the narrative and the, the point of view and the story. I didn't know the background. That is awesome. <laughs> I love that. It's a perfect metaphor too. So thank you for that background. All right. These episodes are built around single questions. So we're going to jump right into it. Um, and I'm going to do a, oh, this is a, a shameless plug, but we just <laughs> launched our 2022 SE report and found some interesting things related to the topic that we're going to talk about today. But one of them I want to emphasize is this um, idea of demos and, and how many demos SE teams are generally doing in a week. In fact, we looked at this year compared to last year and um, SE self-reported that they're doing 40% more demos per week now compared to last year. So there's this idea of, you know, how do we move away from from spending so much time on demos, is that the right use of time? It seems like in some cases, yes, in some cases, no. But how do we spend more of our time as SE organizations, pre-sales teams on quality activities, high impact activities? If you can give us some background on that and what you uh, propose teams focus on, that'd be helpful. Yeah, I'm so glad we're talking about this today. Um, admission, I binge listened every episode of, of your podcast and if it's okay, I want to pay you a huge compliment. You've managed to capture years of thought leadership in 21 episodes. I, I've listened to all of them. I'm like, wow, I, I don't think I can add anything to the thought leadership category. So I really did want to get a little bit into the weeds today and talk about how do we help people along this journey? Yeah. How, how, do, we, how do we move it forward? Because I think we're at that point. And so to, to set the stage a little bit, you just did, but... Um, if you've been listening or paying attention, you know that buying has changed. COVID, COVID has changed the way people buy. We need to move from a selling motion to a buying motion. SEs are the most customer-centric group in the selling motion, right? So this whole idea of buyer enablement just fits perfectly with who we are, what the customer wants, what we do. Um, buyers want more from us. We want a bigger seat at the table. But how do we carve out that time? Because it can't, the answer can't be, you need to do 30% more on top of what you're already doing. And so the idea of demos and possibly demoing too much, and some of the data just came out in the uh, report that you're mentioning, how do we carve out that time? 30%, 30 to 50% of demos are unqualified. So I think if we're going to really drill in today, that is the time that we need to focus on getting back. And so... Not to get too tactical, but you know, I do want to start to lay out for people how you get started. And for me, 
it really goes back to the six demo types. And I was so excited to see that included in the workload report. It was towards right. the back. Yeah. But I mean, think here's the call to action right up front. SE leaders, SEs, you need to get familiar with the six demo types and not just glance at it and go, huh, I never knew that. You really need to understand it. And I will just say, as someone that's been in this space for a very long time, I didn't know there were six demo types. <laughs> but there's six and we need to understand these because that is the key to the future. And if we think about the first three demo types, vision, micro and qualifying, this is where we're going to get that 30% of our time back. Mm -hmm. And this is where automation has to play a piece in what you do. What's interesting about vision and micro demos is that these are known to us as the Harbor Cruise demo, mm -hmm. the show up and throw up, spray and pray. And what's interesting is that we shouldn't be doing them, but it doesn't mean that it's not important to the buyer. They're absolutely critical to the buyer. And so, you know, you, you kind of tee this up. We need to demo less. Let me, let me, let me add to that. Let me, let me pick that apart a little bit. What we're really saying is we need to live demo less. That's really what we're saying. And what we're not saying is that the buyer deserves fewer demos. We're not saying that. We're saying actually the buyer probably needs more demos, probably fewer live demos. Um, and what we're really talking about here is automation. And so when we think about these six demo types, and you look at the first three, vision, micro, and, and kind of this idea of a qualifying demo, you have to be thinking about automation because that's the only way you're going to get that 30% of your time back. Just a quick data point. Yeah, from the research, we dialed into that, you know, 40% more demos per week. What does that actually look like? Um, these Harbor crew dem Cruise demos that you mentioned uh, represents the third most... Um, the third category of activities that takes up the most time. And, and yet the, you know, it, while it's important, it's to deliver that live is, you know, beyond, you know, off the scale, it's like 10th or beyond in terms of the importance of doing that live. In other words, I think everyone recognizes that they're doing way too many of these. If it's the third highest bucket in terms of use of time, and yet they recognize doing it live is not essential. There, there is this clear gap in terms of how we're applying our time to qualified activities. So reinforcing that point. Yeah. And, and, you know, those are, those are frankly demos that people want to watch on their own time. They don't right. really want to schedule time with you early on, right? They're still trying to figure out if your solution's a possible fit, if you're in the running. Um, but if you take those first two to three categories, vision demos, micro demos, qualification demos, um, if you think about it, you're going to start, need to start making content for those, right? So you're going to have to pull an SE or two or three aside in your organization and make content. And the reality is, is that it's going to be your AEs, your BDRs, your SDRs that are going to be sending those to the customers, right? If you look at the six demo types, you'll see this, um, this, this verbiage in there about delegate, right? Delegate, meaning someone else is sending it, not the SE. And so phase one is very much a build the library and the salespeople are going to be sending these out. 
that is going to allow you to free up your SE's time. That is very much phase one. And it's going to take you some time, right? This isn't going to happen overnight because really what you're doing is you're starting to change the way your organization sells. And that is something I certainly didn't appreciate when I went down this path is that, holy cow, we're actually changing the way we sell. And that's a big deal. So that I think is your phase one. And, and you, got, you got to go there if you're going to free up your SE's time. In that phase, um, there's the, the SE is still the SE. There's no, there's no kind of new seat at the table for you just because you recorded some demos and now salespeople are sending them out. Like you're, you're still at the kid's table. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but you need to tackle phase one to go free up your SE's time. So you can't, you can't really skip the phase two without phase one because you're just, we're just adding additional things to the plate of the SE if you don't tackle phase one. Once you've done phase one, then you can think about phase two. And phase two is the other types of demos. Uh, it's the qualifying demo. It's the, it's the technical demo, the closing demo, and these, these FAQ demos, which actually span the entire um, the entire funnel, right? So the qualifying demos is interesting. I think it's you know as it's been described, the SE has to send this out. You don't delegate that. It's a little deeper look into the product. It's a little more tailored, a little more custom. Um, and again, it's the it's the SE that's sending that to the customer. And so the SE, in a sense, is kind of um, scaling themselves, which is which is. Absolutely critical. The demo after that is what's described as the technical demo. And I like this demo and everyone's gonna like this demo because it's do not automate, do not delegate. Meaning this, this is what we're used to doing. This is the sweet spot. This is where all the thought leadership you listen to out there is saying proper discovery, do this when you demo, right? Yeah. This is where we wanna be and we, where we wanna be perfecting our craft and, and doing what we do best. So that's going to be a very familiar territory for pre-sales. And then lastly, there's the closing demo. And this is kind of almost like quick little snippets and follow-ups uh, to questions that the customer has before they, they feel comfortable signing the paperwork. But these demos, as I've described them, uh, again, we don't delegate them. They're sent by us. But let's just assume that you tackled phase one effectively. So we've freed up FC's time. So you have more time to play with. You're not doing these demos that are unqualified and essentially a waste of time for um, some of the best talent out there. It, it, it very much becomes a question of what do you go do? Mm -hmm. And I loved in the workload report that stat on how many stakeholders does it take to, to close an enterprise deal. And uh, pre-sales essentially said there's five and the salespeople said there was 11. And then that gap, there's, there's a six stakeholder gap there. I think the answer is somewhere in there. Yeah. It, it's somewhere in there. And this is where I think we need to spend time thinking about, okay, we're, we now move beyond just being the demo people. What are the additional stakeholders that we're speaking to on a regular basis? and working with to, to, to drive the deal to close.
And I think that is the key to uh, being more instrumental in the deal, um, to, to getting that seat at the table and, and to be seen as a, a valued, uh, trusted advisor. Well, that's where that concept of selling between meetings comes into play because you know there are additional people you're having to win over or at least your primary champions are having to win over that for most sales cycles, you have no interaction with. I mean, if you follow a traditional sales model, you don't have any interaction with them or, or you're not influencing the way that they think. And so this is where that concept of, you know, apply demos differently and think about the sales process differently um, through a buyer enablement lens, understanding that there's not just time between live meetings, but there's also activities between, between live meetings and stakeholders, uh, interaction with stakeholders between live meetings that you currently probably are not thinking about. So I do think it's fascinating that, you know, when analysts ask salespeople, how many people are involved in a buying decision? It's, it's a different number than what pre-sales people say. There's kind of an exposure that uh, pre-sales uh, folks generally may be left out of that they have to start mapping towards um, when they think about their content, when they think about their demos and how they're communicating value to, uh, to their champions. Exactly. You know, we're talking a lot about the demo today, but we're talking about getting rid of the demos that waste our time, the unqualified demos that we're freed up to do other things. And I think that's kind of the homework ahead. And I'd love for the community to think about this is what are those things? What are those new things in 2022 that are a definition of the pre-sales role beyond yeah. the demo? And so, you know, I think a pretty obvious one is value and value mapping. That's, that's a very, I think, clear space for us to play in. Um, but when we think about automation, we need to also think about automation besides just sending out demos to people. Um, those videos can include all kinds of things. It could be walking someone through an MSA. It could be, um, you know, walking someone through the value proposition. And I really think that's, that's where we need to start thinking. And that is where we need to be if we want that bigger seat at the table. Perfect. Thank you, Todd. Absolutely.